0: have you been searching for a community that gets it join me your host Monique as we get real about the emotional physical mental and spiritual effects infertility has on its victims let's connect and heal together I am one in eight too thank you so much friend for tuning in to infertility and me welcome 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 and thank you for tuning in a few announcements before we begin Don't forget to check out the Infertility and Me exclusive merch on the website, www.infertilityandmepodcast.com. You can also support the podcast and shout out to this month's supporter. I don't know who you are. You didn't give me your name. And then shout out to the two lovely newest reviews that I received on Apple iTunes. One being a male. I could tell he was a male because he and his wife, or I could be wrong, it could be a lesbian couple. But anyway, thank you, friend, for leaving that very, very beautiful, beautiful Apple iTunes review. And then also there was another review, BeWell.co. Thank you so much, friend, for your lovely, lovely review and believing in what I am trying to do here on the podcast. And don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram, Infertility and Me podcast on Instagram. I also have a YouTube channel if you search Monique Farouk. And you can keep up to date with my Trying to Conceive journey. I told you guys in the last episode that I will be keeping it on YouTube and on IGTV. And so you can follow me either place or you can follow me on both places. Because on YouTube, I also do family vlogs. It's a new channel. So yeah, just subscribe, follow, Instagram, YouTube, get connected. And then also, is there anything else we... Oh, text 443. 443- to have any of your comments questions or feedback featured on the show and i'll shout you out or you could just text me and just say hi either way i love to hear from you guys we're going to get right into today's episode with my girl millie from me myself and millie podcast you guys got to follow her on instagram she's freaking hilarious she's an actress from california i was on her podcast recently here's millie millie Thank you, dear, for coming on the show. We're gonna to try to behave ourselves today. <laughs> for you guys, and not get too crazy. <laughs> Millie, tell us how you how you and hubby met, man. How, how did you guys meet?
1: Wow. Well, thanks, Monique, for having me on the show. Um, yeah, I think you know my husband and I met. Um, it's kind of a crazy story because we were both actors. We both come from a theater background. And we were both living in San Francisco at the time, and we had moved to San Francisco for different different relationships, actually.
2: Mm. And
1: um, his marriage did not last, and we met through the theater community. and when we met, I was actually seeing somebody at the time.
2: Wow.
1: Um, which is. Which is a really uncomfortable and shameful thing to say. Like, <laughs> you know, falling in love with somebody when you're already with a different person. But that relationship was not going anywhere. It mm-hmm. was just like a slow burn. And, and honestly, we, I met Rowan and I was so taken by the way that he was treating me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Wow this is how like, I've always wanted to be treated by a man. And I'm not Mm -hmm. getting treated like that in my current relationship, you know? And so I quickly, it was just a, it was a big red flag for me. It was a wake up call actually. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I, the relationship that I was currently in, I definitely pinched that off. And started dating Rowan like a couple months afterwards, which is kind of, you know, it can kind of sound like a rebound situation, but it wasn't because I think that like my past relationship was dead long before it actually completed itself so yeah you know it 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 felt right and so and now we're we've been married for four years we've been together for about I think seven and best worst decision I ever made Mm. (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: so When you and hubby got the googly eyes for each other, how was the relationship? Like, how did it start out easy? Was it all? Did it feel like I remember? I remember for like hubby and I, everything was just like so easy. Like we came together easy. Everything we did together was like easy, and it just it just flowed. How did? How was it for you guys in the beginning?
1: Yeah, it was really I. that sounds like a dream. Like, <laughs> I, I would get the from the very start. But we are both very fiery pe- people. Okay. Um, And we're, we're both theater people. So to say that we're both dramatic is kind of an understatement. <laughs> and so we had to, like, I knew Rowan was the right one for me. Yeah. But we had to figure out how to, like, coexist
2: a mm-hmm. little
1: bit. Mm -hmm. because we were so similar that sometimes I think we butt heads a little bit you know and like when somebody like reacts the same as you do and approaches life the same way that you do like overall that is a great great situation yeah, yeah but it also is like oh you need a little bit of the yin with the yang too mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know a little bit we can't always be operating at a 10 right at the same time you know
0: yeah yeah I get it I totally get it and so how did you guys find out about your fertility issues what sparked the light bulb to go see a specialist
1: yeah, well, um, that's a great question. So my journey started in April twenty eighteen, and um, my husband and I had just moved into our first home together. We were getting settled into a new city. Um, I felt like my career was at a solid point, so I was like, "Let's let's get started." And we didn't hit the ground running, though we we did the whole thing where you say, oh, we're not not trying, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. um, and which basically means we, we pulled the goalie, but we're, I didn't totally get into the tracking and temping for ovulation quite yet. Um, and five months into the not, not trying, mm-hmm.
2: maybe, Mm -hmm.
1: Um, my mom, unfortunately passed away. And Mm. so we pressed pause on things. Um, the thought of just trying to become a mom without my mom around was way too heavy for me. And it still is super heavy, you know, like grief is not linear. It ebbs and flows. And, um, anyways, it was too hard for me. So We pressed pause and we started back up in December 2018. I honestly thought it was going to be easy for me because no one in my family had difficulty conceiving on both our sides in my husband's family and in my family. Okay. Um, Okay. My mom had me at 36, and that was in the 80s. So, you know, Mm -hmm. that was like so crazy back then and so I really thought it would be so fast and quick then three months go by nothing happens so you know we try new methods Mm -hmm. after after one month doesn't work then six months go by and we ramp things up even more like okay let's try even more methods let's try more Brazilian nuts yeah let's try more (laughs) tea (laughs) Like, give me all of the fertility, you know, lozenges there are Mm -hmm. in the world, you know. And then at 10 months, I said, something's wrong. We need to get help. And after 10 months of trying to conceive naturally, that's when we went to our first fertility clinic. We had two failed IUIs at this fertility clinic. And during the process of those failed, um, failed cycles, I got a second, third, and fourth opinion from mm. other doctors. I didn't start working with other doctors. I just like got consults with them.
0: I see. Okay. Um,
1: and so we switched gears and we changed clinics after those IUIs. And we went straight to IVF. And that was, um, we started our first cycle of IVF in May 2020.
0: Okay, okay. And how, how did how did you feel during your first cycle going into it? Because you said that you and Husby are fire and fire together. So how did you guys handle that?
1: You know, I think my husband and I have honestly gotten closer overall through this experience. hmm he's the, he has shown up in ways that I have never seen before, which has just been such a beautiful surprise. Mm -hmm. Um,
0: Giving you his more sensitive side, less funny side, right? Comedic side.
1: Yep. And he's the best teammate in this journey. He's very attentive and he's Mm. been enjoying pampering me, which I totally appreciate. And on the same, you know, the flip side of the same coin, mm-hmm. I would be completely lying to you if I said this journey didn't bring up resentment because we, we f- our final diagnosis after mm-hmm. you know, we had those four consults with doctors was male factor infertility.
2: Okay, yeah.
1: And your husband or your partner, it, male factor infertility is so tricky Yeah, yeah. Your partner is the one with the diagnosis, but you're the one that has to do the heavy and Mm -hmm. painful treatment.
0: Mm -hmm. The physical, yeah. Uh, You know, the physical and the emotional. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, but, you know, for the most part, we are very close. And for those moments of resentment, I will say we go to couples therapy and I will just make a plug for, you know, couples therapy has really helped us understand what each other needs,
0: you know, Mm.
1: at any given moment.
0: That's awesome. You guys did that. And, um, uh, you know, it's very difficult for men to be able to surrender themselves emotionally to a therapist. A lot of men, you know, just cannot do that. And I'm finding that with infertility, A lot of men, because of the journey, are surrendering. A lot of men are surrendering during their fertility issues, whether it's them or the spouse. A lot of it's bringing people, like it's a quote that I made a long time ago, like when I first started the podcast um, infertility will bring the strongest man or the toughest woman to their knees. And it is absolutely still valid and true. And I think that. It's so it's it's a beautiful thing when, 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 you know, surrendering to the process is very difficult, but it's so necessary if you're going to continue to go to cycle after cycle after cycle. You're going to have to surrender a little bit, just a little bit, you know what I mean? In the way of just dealing with whatever comes and going beyond dealing and like you guys did, get that help that you need if you don't feel strong enough and you need the extra support of a therapist and the guidance of a therapist. Because th- therapy for me just seems like, I've never had therapy before, but it seems to me like... They are therapists and coaches, especially fertility coaches, and especially therapists who specialize in infertility. It seems to me that they help guide you back to what you already knew. Oh, has, that, has that been your experience with it?
1: Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And I think they, they also remind you of things that you forgot,
2: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know,
1: and they, gosh, you know, I think they, they just kind of reaffirm stuff. That you've thought about along the way, but you've just needed some extra support or confirmation.
0: It's almost like they zoom in on it for you and help you zoom in on it.
1: 100%. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's awesome that you guys did that. I I, um, I applaud you. You know, it's not easy. It's not easy recognizing that you need extra support, you know?
1: Exactly. And you have to have, both people have to be willing.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm hmm um, I told my husband a long time ago, I was like, look, if you don't want to go to therapy, then I'm not going to go because then you're just going just to please me. And that's not going to be enough.
1: Exactly.
0: You know, exactly. you gotta, you gotta want to do it. You gotta want to do it for yourself too. Definitely. So with your last cycle, we were talking about you guys getting ready to go into it. So how was your experience with the egg retrieval and then talk about um, post-egg retrieval in your two-week wait and some of the things that you try to do to keep yourself distracted and up, you know, upbeat type of thing going on.
1: So my egg retrieval went, was very successful. And like, I'm even, I even hesitate to share that because I know there are so many people out there who um, don't have successful egg retrievals.
2: Yeah. But yeah.
1: I think it's important to say when it goes well. And it went well for me. We, we retrieved 34 eggs, 32 of them.
0: Okay. Can we just stop right there? Can we just stop right there, people? Did you hear that? Did you hear? 34. It is like unheard of, Millie.
2: <laughs>
0: I remember when you posted it, I was like, what? How are you not like Looking like you're three or four months pregnant, you know, because you, you sometimes you can get bloated. If you don't know, guys, you can get bloated when you have so many follicles and it's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that you freaking got a whole hell of a lot of uh, eggs sitting in there waiting to be retrieved. OK, like that is crazy. I just want to take a moment to read that in 34. And I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad about, about their numbers that I'm just giving light to the fact that that's like freaking amazing it is incredible <laughs> that okay. you had so
1: many you oh my made, god felt really great about those and so like 32 of those were mature 32. and then we did Ixie or no we did Pixie okay which is this new thing where not only do they do the standard ICSI procedure where they take the sperm and inject it into the egg? Mhm. Mm-hmm. Pixie is where they are selective about the sperm.
0: Right. They, right.
1: Um, mm-hmm. I, I think like I think that that's my understanding of it.
0: Yeah. Um, I think yeah, you're right. You're right cuz the ICSI that's what she meant by ICSI, you guys is the I, You probably See it on your paperwork as ICSI as an option for your retrieval and all that good stuff. And then the other one she's talking about is where they selecting and putting into the embryo the most viable sperm and all that stuff. Just want to point that out (laughs) in case somebody wasn't sure.
1: (laughs) Um, And so Pixie is where they are selective about Mm -hmm. which sperm they pick. So we did that. And of the 32 eggs that were mature, 24 of them fertilized. And then I believe nine of them, they didn't, our, our lab did not give us a day three update.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: They went straight to day five and day six reports. Gotcha. So nine of them made it to day five, day six. So we sent nine of our embryos to PGS testing Mm -hmm. Um and of the 9 that were tested 7 of them came back as normal embryos.
2: Awesome. So, awesome.
1: Yep, and I will say like, you know, I had mild OHSS, which
2: mm-hmm.
1: is ovarian hyperstimulation syndrome. And but I was just Man, I followed my doctor's directions to a T, mm-hmm. and I—I I was like, I'm not going to mess around. I've heard horror stories about this. I'm just going to take the drugs when they say to take the drugs. Yeah, you know yeah.
0: that's important.
1: And as a result, my recovery was so easy. It okay. So easy, and um, but I will tell you. I think the the most uncomfortable point of the egg retrieval was the day before the egg retrieval, which was when, I, I mean, like you mentioned feeling like you're four months pregnant. I felt like I was carrying around 34 water balloons and mm. like I was bloated, you know,
0: yeah, because yeah.
1: in each one of those follicles or you know, it's mm-hmm. a bunch of fluid.
0: Right. Exactly. Yeah. That exactly. The egg
1: from. Mm-hmm.
0: So. I, oh my God, sitting
1: down, Monique.
0: Hurt I know he had to been hurt. Yeah.
1: Oh my God, I was like carrying a pillow everywhere with me. Mm. And um, so after the retrieval, I um, it did like subside a mm-hmm. little but the constipation after the Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, I can imagine.
1: I was on a cocktail of laxatives, a cocktail. Yeah. Like I was using stool softeners and laxatives and, you know, prune juice mm-hmm.
0: and prunes.
1: Mm-hmm. It was just like-
0: Just building and building and building oh, and waiting for the explosion to take place. <laughs> moment now she's gonna blow
1: i know like my body think that i'm like preparing for winter or something like i need to hibernate and store all this shit like
0: essentially yeah man (laughs) Yes, OMG! I had mild uh, cycle IVF, so I can only imagine what your constipation was like. I had I was constipated for a couple of days afterwards, but it it wasn't nowhere near like yours. OMG, <laughs> OMG! It's terrible. It's just like you feel like so you know what you know what's crazy. I'm sorry, guys, TMI, but like when you're constipated, especially after IVF treatment and and having the hormones and stuff and having your egg retrieval and all that. It's like you, you feel full, but you know, you're hungry. Like you still got hunger pains, but you feel full as hell. And you're like, am I hungry or am I not? Like I'm freaking freaking out here, man. What's going on? That's how it feels. <laughs> it feels like I, you feel full, but yet you're hungry and your stomach is grumbling. Like feed me. Damn it. This is so
2: true. So.
0: Confused. Seriously confused. <laughs> <laughs> confused to tell. Like what am I supposed to do? Eat or not eat?
1: Yes. It's like, what are these signals? I don't know. Like I am, I, my stomach is so, is protruding out so right. far and yet like I haven't eaten in four hours. Like I yeah. literally, my body is asking for food, but it's also not getting rid of anything.
0: Yeah. And side note fellas, look, when your wife has the egg retrieval and she does her egg transfer and stuff be extra nice i'm talking like beyond menses and menstrual cycles and stuff nice i'm talking about be seriously nice because you just she may not tell you but she can't shit okay and it it hurts
1: (laughs) (laughs) oh mg it made me so cranky yes don't poop you get cranky
0: Oh mg, and it's like pressure on your anus area. Like it is like the worst feeling. Feel like you got hemorrhoids growing or something like it's crazy. Crazy. Okay, so back to the story. (laughs) So how did you feel after you had your transfer, your egg transfer? Were you okay? Do how long did it take you to bounce back? So
1: we waited a whole other cycle to do our transfer. Okay, because we because we went for the PGS testing and Mm then preface with. I'm under the age of 35 and sometimes it's, it's not always recommended to do PGS testing if you're under 35, mm-hmm. but um, we decided to do it because the miscarriage rates um, were lower with mm. PGS tested embryos. Right. So that was our, that was our deciding factor. And so we we weren't when you do the PGS tested embryos or PGS testing of the embryos, you have to wait at least two weeks to even get the results back. Right. So okay. I started my new cycle and um at the beginning of that cycle, which was June, starting in the beginning of June, um I was on, oh gosh, oh yeah, estrogen mm-hmm. stuff, estrogen tablets, um, baby aspirin, mm-hmm. and prenatals and a bunch of other like vitamins. Um, and then leading up to the transfer, um, I started progesterone in oil shots, which, oh boy. Yeah, that, yeah. They are you know, the it burns, day, right? It burns. And it's, yeah. ho- it, it, it's in like a really meaty section of your body.
0: Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm.
1: Because it's intramuscular,
0: Right. And, um, yeah.
1: And so the bill, you know, the first couple of nights I was like, oh, this is fine. I don't know why people, you know, complain, complain. about it. Right. Mm-hmm. And then after a couple weeks of the P progesterone in oil shots, oh my God, I started to feel it so bad in my hands, yeah. you know, because it's yeah. like the stuff gets like not start to form and you just get really tight back there.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, You know, you're doing it every day. You're going to yeah. run out of, you're going to run out of some ass cheeks in a minute, you know, <laughs> <laughs> going to run out of some intramuscular space <laughs> in a minute. Like it's really easy. You know, if just. It gets, it gets a little sore back there. It gets a little sore. I had the suppositories for progesterone and um, I'm hoping that when we begin next, 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 um, next year, early 2021, that I don't have to do PIO because mm-hmm. <laughs> ah, goodness I, gracious. Well,
1: I was like at a point after the transfer, cause you know, they continue to ask you to do them. after Exactly.
0: The exactly. Yeah.
1: So you have to, it, it's like, it's intense. And But they tell you that the success rates with the progesterone and oil shots
0: Mm -hmm.
1: are higher. Right. It's absorbed more. So I was like, oh, I already hate this kid and it's not even here yet. (laughs) (laughs) It's a pain in my ass already. Literally. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, Yes. And so. I asked my doctor, I was like, please, I mean, the idea of continuing these shots are, is just like really hard to digest right now. Do you have any other suggestions? Can I put them in a different location? Can I put them in my thigh, mm-hmm. You know, give my <laughs> husband a better tutorial on it? And she actually switched me to the suppositories. Oh, um, yes.
2: Oh, so it's
1: a com- so now I'm on a combination of the suppositories
0: uh-huh. and
1: the PIO shots.
0: Okay, so you're doing like every other day type of deal.
1: Yes, every two days. Oh, that's
0: even better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's even better. Yeah, yeah. What kind of things are you doing to really um, soothe those mus- muscles um, when you do your shots? Do you do the slap method like Monica does? <laughs>
1: we have tried the slap method. I don't know. I haven't been as consistent about it as mm-hmm. I would like, so I don't have a great like I know, data. Is still
0: it's still processing, right?
1: Method, <laughs> but I will say I got a stellar heating pad, mm. um, and I truly believe that that like there's something about warming the oil when it's already in your muscles that I think makes it disperse. More, I don't know that could just be in my head, but um, no,
0: I totally get it, totally get it, yeah, yeah.
1: It just feels good to have Mm -hmm. a warm heating pad on that area. Um, so we do the shots every three days, and my husband, after he puts it in, he definitely massages that area, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, another way to kind of disperse it, um, and then. The heating pad too.
0: Yeah. I hope you guys are taking notes because that's why I had Millie explain what she does for her pile shots. If you're, if you're on them or if you have them on your protocol and coming up cycle, or if you're in the middle of a cycle and maybe you weren't doing it already. So it's nice to get some ideas from other people.
1: Yeah. And if it's really, you know, like there was a part of me that felt like I needed to suffer through this a little mm. bit. Like if I wasn't suffering I wasn't going to get the result that I wanted, you know, because there's so much of this journey that you're like, you just get comfortable being uncomfortable and disappointed and hurt and painful. And I was like, okay,
0: Mm -hmm. I just got to like
1: relax into this. And
0: you're a comedic person. I'm sorry to cut you off. You're a comedic person. So is there ever a time when you feel like you want to post something, funny on Instagram or say something funny on a podcast when you're talking about infertility but then you stop because you're like well maybe they're not in the mood for anything funny you know what I mean
1: mm-hmm. not really maybe I should be
0: more <laughs> no I'm not telling you to do it I'm just wondering if it ever, if you've ever felt that way because you are so funny and hilarious and it comes really easy for you and naturally I was just wondering if there's ever a time when you're like well maybe I'm too chipper maybe they're gonna be laughing all <laughs> hot
1: You know, that's just who I am. And it's another way that I'm able to, to get through this um, easier is if I don't take it so seriously, because if let's be real, this stuff is, it's heavy, serious.
0: You know, (laughs) it's like wearing a damn elephant on your back, man. It's heavy. It's seriously heavy. It's really, really heavy. That's why I love um, when I found when Well, when you found me on Instagram, I think you found me before I found you. Well, whoever found each other, I was so glad to find you because of your, um, your, your, your natural comedy. And, um, I think it's just, it's something we need more of in the, in the community. And I think there may be some other people out there who may want to do the same thing, but then they're just scared because they're going to be like, well, everybody's always, you know, kind of depressed a little bit, maybe. I'm going to look like, I don't know, sunshine Anderson or something all the time, but I think it's good because it it helps distract from, from the sadness that you can feel, especially with COVID and you can't really do a whole lot outside freely. Like how have you been dealing with COVID and being in the middle of cycles and stuff and Uh. just trying to find some balance and some normal normalcy. I do remember you guys went camping the other week too, right?
1: Yes, and that was like the first vacation that we've had in six months, and we've loved it. There's something really healing about nature.
2: Yeah. And
1: um, and it was completely safe. You know, we mm-hmm. weren't in the hotel room, we weren't like, you know, close with people, we were in the outdoors. It, it felt amazing. Mm-hmm. And, um, but yeah, with COVID, we, it was really, challenging because man, like getting our cycles canceled after our, like after our second IUI, I was ready to just dive into IVF.
0: Head first, right?
1: Yep. And the clinic that we were at doing our IUIs put everything on pause. Mm. And I was, I just felt like, what? You're not like, you think I understand that elective procedures are being held like paused right now, but I did not elect to have infertility. Right. Nobody else is being told to stop trying to get pregnant right now. You know? Yeah. It was just like, and then, you know, you don't want to be the person though. That's like stealing PPE from people Mm -hmm. who actually Mm -hmm. need it. Yeah. So, it, it was a really, it was a complicated time. Um, and then we switched clinics and we found the doctor that I really, really love who we went with for our IVF cycle. And I made that decision to switch clinics and I never looked back. Yeah. That's,
0: that's so important too. being, you know, f- being, feeling like you're being cared for properly and feeling like the clinic is your tribe and stuff. So yeah, that's, that's definitely important. And do you feel like now, and since we've like, I don't want to say we've all gotten used to COVID, but we're like kind of getting used to the new normal. Do you, do you fear going into the doctor's offices now, or how was your doctor handling patient care? Are they keeping you guys separated one person in the clinic um, reception area at a time, how they're doing it?
1: Yeah, I really admire the clinic that I'm at right now. They um, make everybody wait in their cars and call when it's time for them to come in so that there's only one patient in the office at a time. Everybody has to wear a mask. They have, you know, hand sanitizer at the front door greeting you. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really, you know, I really commend them for that and the the also the unfortunate part about all of this is that my husband though had to stay at a distance. Right. You know, like he yeah. was not allowed in the room during my egg retrieval. He gave his sample and then he had to go sit in the car, you know, until I was completed. So there is a part of it that's
0: that sucks.
1: Yeah, that that yeah. part of it stinks.
0: Yeah. Well, thank you, Millie. Like Millie is the bomb, you guys. You gotta, you gotta follow on her Instagram, and uh, me, myself, and Millie. You, you won't be able to uh, miss her because her icon is orange for her podcast artwork, so it's very attractive, and you'll be able to find her on Instagram. And I'm not saying. I keep saying my freaking Instagram handle. Goodness gracious. <laughs> me, myself, and Millie. I'm in a silly mood. I guess. <laughs> follow freaking Millie, okay? Follow her right now. Do it if you're not already. Get <laughs> on it. Thank you, Millie. I don't want to take up all of your whole day. So
1: much fun. Thank you. Yes,
0: I love it. And you guys um, yeah, so when you follow Millie, make sure you watch all of her stories. She's hilarious. Her husband's hilarious. He likes to get on the stories too. Thank you guys for tuning in with us on Infertility and Me podcast. I'll see you on Instagram, YouTube, wherever you follow me. Love you guys.